Hello friends. I hope you're all doing okay. I hope everyone is healthy. I hope everyone is uh, being productive during this uh, this this weird time that we're currently living. Uh, that song was uh, Moonchild by the band Wires uh, off of the Infinite Hotel EP. It is on uh, the Spotify, the Apple Music. Um, they're, they're great guys. Uh, this week's guest is actually one of those guys. This week's guest is uh, Travis, as I call him, Travis the Couch, but his real name is Travis Couch. He uh, he plays the uh, the guitar for uh, Scary Pool Party. Um, if you don't know who Scary Pool Party is or are, uh, they are uh, Alejandro Arenada, I think is how you say his last name. I, I apologize if I butchered that, Alejandro. Uh, it is, uh, is his band, his project, that uh, he debuted last fall. Uh, they have a new record out uh, currently that, uh, excuse me, that just dropped. Uh, it is called Exit Form. Uh, they uh, they did a little bit of a brief tour last year, uh, critically acclaimed, and uh, they uh, were working on some stuff for this year. But just like everybody else, you know, we everyone kind of had to take a break. So they took a break, and uh, thankfully Travis uh, made some time to come hang out and uh, and do the thing. You know, we talked uh, some music, we talked some baseball, and it was nice to uh, not think of. Uh, you know, kind of what's going on outside of uh, each of our respective homes. Uh, I did want to uh, say thank you to everybody that uh, that uh, downloaded, subscribed, uh, listened to the episode last week, the first one back. Um, I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing, if I'm 100% honest with you. But I have fun doing these. I have fun uh, having my friends on and shooting the breeze uh, and having a good time. You know, and that's, to be honest, that's what matters right now. Uh, you know, having a good time, having, you know, cool conversations, especially since we're all social, well, I hope we're all social distancing, but, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a good outlet. It's a good, uh, it's a good all around time, uh, to where we're at, uh, real quick. Uh, thank you again for subscribing and listening. Uh, if, if, uh, you want to continue to do the thing, hit the subscribe button. If you haven't already, uh, it'll update you when there's new ap- episodes, excuse me. Uh, and, uh, we're also on Spotify spits the podcast. So if you like the Spotify over, you know, better than the platform that you're currently using, go over to the Spotify. Uh, I refer to it as the Spotify because I'm, I'm an older millennial. Okay. Boomer. Uh, also along with that, please go, uh, go listen to wires, uh, mother mosaic. Those are some other projects that Travis is working on also available on all of those platforms as well. And, uh, you know, th- this was a good conversation. It was, it was a good time catching up with my, uh, my old friend, Travis, he used to play in a band called the body rampant, uh, that were also on this podcast when I first launched it years ago. So, uh, it was cool to catch up. It was cool to, to shoot the breeze a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, talk about some of the cool stuff that they've done in the last little while. Uh, they're going to be uh, hopefully back on the road, uh, towards the end of this year, they'll be in Europe and then, you know, we'll kind of see how everything else pans out for everyone else, of course. But, um, you know, I suggest you go look them up. Um, if you're in the business of wanting some guitar lessons, right now is a great time to do that. He also does those via the internet. Uh, he'll uh, he'll drop his socials at the end of the podcast. Uh, go check him out. He's good people. He's a great dog dad. And uh, most importantly, he's a, he's a great human. So uh, I now am going to uh, leave it out 
to my good friend Travis the Couch from Scary Pool Party. Travis, thank you for making the time, man. How are you doing? Pretty good, man. So, uh, for you know, let's just get the elephant out of the room. How many times have people screwed up your name in the last six months? Uh, last six months. Um, so, uh, I was applying for um, a, a credit card for a music company to buy some gear, mm-hmm. and. The lady actually called me for my real name, <laughs> and, and this is not—it's not the first time that that it's happened either. Um, I've had even at the DMV the first time I got my driver's license, they put coach and not couch. Cool. So they, all, all, all growing up, they've—I've either gotten cooch or couch, <laughs> even. Uh, <laughs> Even, even Alejandro, the the homie, first couple shows we played introduced me as Travis Coach. Like he thought Couch was just my Instagram name, so um, it's kind of a little bit easier when people approach me with my Instagram name instead of just guessing what my last name actually is. What I I have a hard time like when I think of you or when I'm texting you, like when I go to my phone. Oh, I need to, I'm going to text Travi and it's, I need, it's not Travi. It's I need to text Travi the couch. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's like, it's the best Cholo name that you could have ever had. But the best part about it is that it's your real name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, when you, when you first joined scary pool party, did, uh, did a lot of fans also think that your name was also not couch? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. A lot of the fans are, pretty out there and like vocal like tagging me and stuff every day which which is awesome but i've never really had anyone ask me about my name well now you know that that your real name is actually travis the couch yeah (laughs) oh another funny story um when i was working in retail i had some some lady i'm bringing her up and check her id for her credit card and her last name was Sofa. Nice. And, and I was like, yo, that's so funny. My last name is Couch. And she instantly gets pissed. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's so funny. Like, go ahead and make fun of my name. And she's like, I've never heard that one before. And I was like, no, for real. Like, my last name is Couch. I had to pull out my ID. And she's like, hold on, let me get my husband. So she runs and gets him. And we were just going back and forth for like a good 15 minutes and all the stupid jokes everyone says about our last names. I, uh, I, I obviously have a hard last name to say, um, but I, I would rather have my last name be couched to a certain degree because it's, it's not as hard to screw up as setting Yana. But also in high school, someone also spelt my, uh, my name as Al, like Al, I mean, I get Alfonso a lot and someone spelled it A-L-P-H-O-N-Z-O. Like not even close, and and uh, and I was just like, oh, sick! Like that's that's super tight. Like I've so I mean it's so I feel that that I've gotten all the variations of the names and all that shit. Uh, as far as a scary pool party, I know it's kind of a newer project for you. Uh, congratulations, by the way, on all the uh, 
the tagging on Instagram. You've made it, Travis. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, how uh, how's the reception been of uh, of all the stuff with Alejandro? Because I know he's kind of a, I mean, he's 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 a good dude. He's a dope homie. Obviously, we hung out when you were in town last, um, and he's a fucking genius musically. Uh, how's kind of the the reception been going from the idol stuff to like kind of where you guys are at now? Um, it was it was rough at first because obviously it's way different from what he's been doing, but um you you can really tell who's his true fans are and our our true fans are i mean um everyone's been real nice and <laughs> they kind of put the haters in their place and you just go scroll through some youtube comments of live videos and you could see the the older ones there's a lot of hate and the the newer ones it's it's all positive stuff and like a lot of really nice things that people say what I uh, what I found incredibly respective when I when I really when I earned all the respect for you is when you guys were on Kimmel and you were wearing that gigantic Adidas jacket <laughs> and uh, having been in that studio and how fucking hot it is in there, I uh, I respect that you were moving around as much as you were in that gigantic puffy jacket. Yeah, I don't think it matters what I'm wearing. I'm still gonna do my thing. The bucket hat was a nice touch, though. Yeah, the the jacket and the bucket hat were actually. Alejandro's recommendations he brought a he always he he likes buying like a lot of clothes so like yeah. he'll he'll bring like a bunch of stuff he's like yo I think this would be cool like wear this like and he's always trying to give everyone stuff which is like super nice um so yeah I was like dude I'm down it looks cool let's do it and there you are sweating your balls off on that, yeah. on that <laughs> on the I, was surprised, <laughs> I was surprised the bucket hat stayed on as long as it did though I uh so I've known you since you've had hair and then obviously since you don't have hair anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and what I, what I am actually kind of jealous of is the fact that you don't have a, a scalp regimen that you have to worry about. Um, but I'm also finding it impressed when you do wear hats that they don't fly off. I feel like if I had a bald head, then my hats would just fly off. Yeah. The, the bucket hat, I had to really pull it tight. Like I had like a line across my head <laughs> after, after we were done playing. It indented. And I knew it was gonna fly off. <laughs> How uh, so? So can you uh, for those folks that are aspiring, um, you know, to to seek out gigs and such? Uh, I know the one question that I always get asked is, you know, kind of how you got gigs, and I know your situation with this band is a little is a little unique. You obviously don't have to go into all the details because you know, it's it's a weird situation too. But as far as you know, kind of going from the time that you were introduced to Alejandro to now. Uh, how kind of how wild of a ride was it to get to this point? Um, it, it almost feels like it didn't happen, like because everything was so quick. Like last year, um, playing a in a band wires with a bass player that plays with Scary Pool Party, um, and that's how we met Alejandro. We were just playing shitty bar gigs and making friends, and that's what we always did: just talk to everyone, make friends. Not like the the typical thing like oh let's play shows let's like hook me up hook me up like right. no like we were actually out there like just making homies and that's that's how we got gigs um, and we made friends with Alejandro and he thought we were cool dudes so he asked us to play in his he was like putting together a band for a small show at a coffee shop so we played that and we just continued being homies with them and. He went on idle, blew up, and um, 
he asked us if we wanted to go to Disneyland. So we're like, hell yeah, it's if it's free, we're we're down. I want some fucking churros, son. Yeah. So then at Disneyland, he's like, oh, so you want to play Lollapalooza? Like, bro, like that's not even a question. Of course I'm gonna play. So yeah, everything was easy. He sent us the songs and just showed up and played. And afterwards, it was just like nothing happened. We we're just chilling. So even the tour was like super chill. Like there wasn't one second where it felt like we were working. So How, like looking uh, back at it, it was like almost like a dream. I, I didn't have to do anything except chill, play music. <laughs> and that, and well, and ultimately that is the dream. Yeah. You know, the, my favorite gigs have always been the gigs where there's no pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from like the build up to like the run. And then when you're out there, you know, doing the thing, it doesn't feel like you're working. Yeah. How uh how nervous were you though for Lollapalooza considering that that was the first show? Well, um, so the the first show we actually played was uh, a Lollapalooza after show. So ah. the, it was at the Vic in Chicago. It's a cool so room. We, yeah, so we played the the night before we played the festival, and um, it was packed. It was sold out, um, and. I had a little bit of the, the jitters right when we walked out, but once we started playing, I was good. Like Dude, those guys are so easy to play with. Like, I don't have to worry about anything going wrong except what I'm doing. I just got to worry about myself. And if anyone does mess up, which happens quite often with us, like <laughs> you, you can't you can't tell. Like, everyone plays it off so cool and so smooth, like, people are just like oh i like that rendition you did of of that song like oh well it's not how it's supposed to be but no one noticed considering that you guys played all of these songs too before the record was out um you know obviously you're 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 basically doing a record release show every night you know Mm -hmm. kind of for lack of a better term uh the first time that you guys played them all uh what was the kind of the reception at that after party (laughs) Um, so the, the whole front row was, um, a bunch of idol fans. Um, it, it was a decent mix of, of younger and older women. And we came out with, uh, I think we opened with diamonds, which is a kind of a, a louder tune mm. and no one had heard it. And we went out there and just went hard right off the bat. And some of the faces were just like, people were shocked. Some people were walking out. And some people were really digging it. So it was, it was a good mix of everything. I made a point during that song to watch everyone. And so it was, it was pretty interesting. There's, there's a video on YouTube, I think, where you can see Alejandro, like the first word that comes out of his mouth. He's like screaming in this old lady's face. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets kind of spooked. <laughs> I, like, I like that. I actually like that visualization. This, this <laughs> soft-spoken guy on American Idol that uh that's shredding on an acoustic guitar comes out with this full band Trent Reznor screaming in some old lady's face at a, at a, at the first show with the full band yeah well, a lot of people don't know that Alejandro like grew up in like the hardcore scene so like there's like pictures and videos of him at like Aladdin Juniors in Pomona like crowd surfing and like in the pit like fucking shit up so a lot of people don't know that they they think he just this chill little acoustic kid and but he does it all he he knows a lot about music 
doesn't limit himself to one thing. He's a really good pianist. That's the one thing that I noticed at the show when you guys were here is, uh, you know, I, I didn't know a whole lot about him aside from the, um, obviously that you played for him, but, uh, but that also, you know, he was on idol and, and, you know, he had, he had a pretty good run. Right. Um, and, and I didn't realize how good of a musician he was until I saw you guys play live and, and like to play the piano the way that he does and as intense as he does. Like that's the one instrument that I never sat down to learn in part because my piano teacher sucked as a human. But, um, but like, that's one of those that I wish that I could do. And it's like, yo, I wish that I could play like that guy, but also still play the complex shit that he plays and then sing at the same time. Yeah. And, and the complex stuff he's playing in those songs is nothing compared to what he actually can do. Like, oh, I'm sure. We're just messing around. Like sometimes we just stop and just let him do his thing. It's like, it, there were some shows where we were clapping along with the audience, like for him. Cause like, cause there's improvised spots like during each set mm-hmm. and some nights he would just go off. And at that point, like I'm in the audience watching and enjoying just taking it all in yeah for you uh and i was curious of this i didn't want to ask you this obviously when you were here but uh you know dk uh, dk metcalf from mute math is his drummer that's i mean there's no other way to put it he's a bad motherfucker Mm -hmm. uh obviously when you guys showed up you you know you already knew uh you know your, your homie from uh from wires and uh, and you guys were already comfortable, but were you at all intimidated when you walked into the room and it's like, oh, sick, it's just DK Metcalf from Mute Math, no big deal. <laughs> uh, not really. Um, I was never like a a fan of Mute Math. Like I knew who he was, I knew the band, I knew a couple of their songs, but I wasn't mm-hmm. like, like, like I was stoked because I knew he was a sick drummer, but I wasn't like starstruck or anything. Um, and plus, just meeting him like right off the bat, he's the nicest dude i've ever met in my whole life and like i i don't have anything bad to say about darren he's he's really the nicest like sweetest dude i've ever met i like how uh how much of a boner he gets over like vegan food (laughs) well his wife is vegan uh darren's actually not vegan but um um we we did eat a lot of vegan food on tour um our bass player max is is vegan um so like everyone would like every morning people are looking first thing in the morning where are we going to eat today so if anyone saw a vegan spot we would all go check it out so it was cool for me trying different foods and not just eating meat all day every day first of all there's nothing wrong with that yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a person that a lot eats of people hate that. on it but some it's of it true. is r- really good no i i uh so my wife is a vegetarian and she has um you know, she, I don't, I'm pretty sure we, she couldn't go vegan either because we like cheese and milk too much. But, um, we, we have like these, I forget who makes them, but there are these chicken nuggets that, uh, that are plant-based that, uh, that we, that I randomly just got one day when I was grocery shopping and, uh, they weren't like there, she wanted some like chicken tenders or some shit, but they didn't have the kind that she wanted. And I found these nuggets and I was like, well, uh, if this is all we have, then this is all we have. Right. So I brought them home and we have this air fryer that uh that our friend turned us on to and i i'm that air fryer is amazing like even for like mozzarella sticks and shit like that when i make them for our kids pff, fire but um i found these nuggets and they they look and smell just like chicken nuggets and then i tasted one doesn't even taste like it's plants that's why i'm convinced that they're real chicken 
Yeah, I think it, it really only takes having one really good meal to sell someone on it. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think I could just do like straight tofu like some people do. I, I'm not a big fan of tofu, but I had this beet burger. No, I've not um, heard of those. It was, it was at, I think it was at Lollapalooza. Yeah, it was at Lollapalooza. They had them backstage and they're giving them out for free. And I would have ate like 10 of them if I didn't have to wait in that line. <laughs> well, my, uh, my, I haven't tried it yet, but my girl is convinced that the Impossible Whopper is just a regular Whopper. Imagine it is. And they're, they're just banking, telling people that it's an Impossible Burger and bumping up the price a little bit. It's a dick move. <laughs> it's a dick move but i mean it it smells like a regular whopper too that's the other thing that's wild about it mm-hmm. i don't eat burger king though i'm not a huge Never. fan of them their fries are kind of ass um if they were to ever sponsor this podcast i'd probably eat them but i mean that's about it um i do like their hershey sunday pies though those are straight fire yeah the the last time i ate there it was right before a, a body rampant show old banner used to play in the homies um, and that was the only spot to eat. And everyone's like, oh, let's just eat there. I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. But <laughs> let's drive. We got to go somewhere else. I'll drive. I don't care. And they were like, oh, you're being a little bitch, blah, blah, blah. All right. Fuck it. Let's do this. So we go. I, I don't I don't remember what I ate, but I actually ate it. And I was like, okay, I'm still not going to eat here after this. <laughs> but <laughs> after the show, I was cool and everyone else was having bubble guts. Uh, I told you guys you should listen to me yeah that's why if I do have to eat a Burger King or if I do go there you know because my like I said my wife you know every once in a while wants an impossible Whopper Um, I'll stick to the things that I know are consistent like I always stick to those things it's like when if you ever go to Japan they have pictures of all the food and there's obviously some stuff that looks fire but you don't know what it is but you stick to the stuff that you know what it is I clearly know that's chicken so I'm going to get that chicken but this other thing, I don't know what it is, so I'm not going to get it. No one speaks English here, so I'm just going to stick with the chicken. Uh, it's kind of like the same thing because the last thing you want is bubble guts when you're in Japan or when you're on yeah. tour or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I have, I had a, what was it, a vegan? Oh, man, what were they? We went, so we went to this restaurant in Vegas, and I, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of this restaurant, but it's like way far from the Strip. It's on the west side of town, like on over like on the north end where like the new freeway is Mm -hmm. and we met a friend of ours there and they had a vegan uh like a full vegan breakfast and i it was like sausage eggs pancakes the whole bit pancakes were amazing the eggs tasted like regular eggs like it was just like i was having regular just you know these scrambled eggs at, at the house or wherever and the sausage also tasted just like you know regular sausage um because i've had some vegan stuff where um like i had these vegan tacos that just were not good like they just did not taste like like meat, but everyone kept telling me, "Oh, this is gonna taste like meat." It's like, okay, we'll we'll find out. Now, nah, son, it it literally it was just the texture was terrible. The, even the vegan like, and that's why I know I couldn't go vegan. The vegan cheese is just not like my steez. Like I just mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. But you know, you know, like you said, teach their own because people are gonna hate no matter what you do. Yeah, I, it's like I, I can't have vegetarian refried beans. They don't taste the same. I don't know if you've had them. I, I feel I, I don't like anything that they make with with beans specifically. Like if they're trying to use like garbanzo beans, oh, like yeah. a meat patty, like it's just it's just not good. I had a what was it a Morning Star burger, I think it was, and the texture wasn't bad. It's just the taste. 
Like it's it was like black beans, I think is what it was. And I already don't like black beans, so that's probably what it is. But I mean, at least we live in a time now where like you could probably get vegan food and it it'll still taste the same and it won't be ass. Yeah. See like so I can't that, imagine that beet burger, it tasted like a medium rare burger. Like a like a legit medium rare burger. Yeah, medium rare. And even when you like bit into it, it had like juice coming out. So oh shit! Like the texture and taste and everything was like real meat. It didn't look like real meat because it was like bright red. Oh right, yeah. yeah. But it tasted amazing. What uh, you know, since since you've been out and about with the scary pool party, what um, <laughs> what, what sort of, like obviously fandom is is its own thing, right? For every mm-hmm. band. And in some cases, it's really, you know, it's really rad. In some cases, there's some fans that are, uh, I don't want to say necessarily intense, but they're, they're very serious fans. Um, how has uh, the reception been for you and DK and, and Max, you know, being along with Scary Pool Party in comparison? Obviously, Alejandro is the one that gets all, you know, all the, mm-hmm. the, the love and attention and all that shit. And you guys are, the, you know, the band. But how have the fans kind of treated you guys kind of through the road as well? Um, so the the first show at the Vic, um, there's there's a, t- a ton of video on on YouTube, and most of it is from people in the front row with their cell phones sticking out over the stage. So obviously you can't hear the vocals because right. speakers are behind them. Right. And there was so much hate, but I was reading the comments and I was dying. That people are like, Alejandro needs to fire the American Idol band. They're way too loud. And just everyone kept calling us the Idol band. So, like, <laughs> no one, because re- no one really knew who we were. They just knew that we were playing with them. So they assumed that we came over from American Idol. But once like more videos started coming out, people started figuring out who we were, like our own projects that we have going on. So it was real cool seeing like, like my social media was growing as well as my other bands that I play in and um, a lot of people tagging us and, and stuff like even, even today, like I've had a couple of people tag me in their stories or whatever. So it's real cool that, that people like, cause people don't have to give a shit about the, the band, you know, they're, they're right. there for Alejandro that they, they don't have to even care who we are. Like I've never went to see like a solo artist and, looked up the whole band and and followed them so that's real cool that people care that much to to look into us um and then there's there's some fans that are huge fans but don't know us like right like max is a clown max is one of the funniest dudes like i know and we were we were walking around in front of the venue and there's people lined up at noon like every show and sometimes that's a bad idea for us to be walking around because we might not get too far. Right. People want to take pictures. And then sometimes people don't recognize us. And Max is out there talking to some lady like, oh, like, what's the the line for? <laughs> He's like, oh, you don't know? This is for Scary Pool Party. He's like, oh, who's that? Like having a full on conversation. She doesn't even know that this dude plays in the band, just <laughs> clowning around. So I, I was dying when he told me that happened. He had a little video. I, I've always wondered if, uh, you know, like in situations like this, how much like shit bands get, especially because Alejandro's in a weird, I don't want to say weird. He's just in a very unique position because he went from, like you said, like this, you know, 
this image that's been portrayed to what he is now. And I, I mean, I dig both, you know, I mean, both of them are really rad and it just kind of shows you the evolution of, 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 you know, his, him as a musician, but, um, but for people to still shoot on that, like art at the same time, Mm -hmm. like, yo, this is, I mean, it may not be your cup of tea, but you still have to, even if you don't like it, you still have to, you know, kind of give props to a certain extent because I mean, homeboy's still putting himself out there. And I mean, I, I dig it and I'm not a huge fan, as you know, of, of like, uh, you know, kind of that, that more of a, I don't want to say like progressive, like rock, but more of that new wave stuff. But yeah. I do like some, but not, not a, not a ton, but I respect that he still goes out there and just gives it 150%, even though literally during his shows, people are still like, they're literally talking shit to him. Mm-hmm. Like even yeah, here as, as we're playing. Yeah. Like here in Salt Lake, I heard that and I was just like, dang, like, yo, like, why don't you get up here and see how the fuck that goes for you? You know, but it's, I respect that he still kind of trucks along through it and, 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 I like that you go read the comments and you still laugh about how people are because <laughs> it's always in the hate. It's, <laughs> well, it's the best. Cause it, it is, it's always said too. don't ever go through the comments, but sometimes you kind of have to just to see the kind of dumb shit that people are saying. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot of people just don't get it. Like, right. Like they, they think that because there was a thing going around for a while, like, Oh, this isn't the real Alejandro. And it's like, okay like american Idol's never gonna let him go on their show and play some of those songs like oh, yeah, most absolutely. of those songs were written way before he wrote any of those acoustic songs right so like people just they, they thought they knew but they they didn't know anything but i mean they're, they're lucky the album's so different like there's something for everyone there's an acoustic song there's piano song there's there's everything and if you don't like any of those songs go listen to the songs that you like that are already out What's uh what's your favorite song to play live? Uh True Religion. I feel like I'm gonna break my back every time I, I play that song. <laughs> <laughs> you you can't be doing that shit. You're too old for that dog. I know. But <laughs> actually it's uh, I got in a car accident last June, I think it was, and it really messed up my back. So I did like rehab all the way up until like the day before we went on tour and after playing every night i felt better so i, I feel so like, it was like this, your physical therapy <laughs> yeah it was like stretching out my back or something because I, I don't know just head banging or whatever holding the guitar throwing it around like stretched out my back of all uh of all the stuff that's kind of happened in the last i mean not even year it's been a few months you know it's been what since like october like when all this shit kind of started september yeah uh I mean, obviously a lot has happened and, and I'm sure, you know, I mean, we're all home right now. So, I mean, you have nothing but time to kind of sit back and think about it. When you sit back and think about it, what's kind of been like the most surreal moment that you guys have kind of, well, at least for you personally, that you've had kind of during this really short journey? Uh, I don't know. It also feels like a, a dream, really, because like I'm hanging out with my friends. Um, but I, I think once we played Kimmel and watching it that night, it was like, yo, this is this is for real. This is crazy. And I mean, all the bands that have played Kimmel too, like uh, for us growing up, like even our our age of bands, like Taking Back Sunday and fucking Brand New. And, yeah, like th- that's how I found out about a, a lot of bands. Yeah, like I wouldn't even watch the show. I'd wait till like the last ten minutes or like see who's playing, and click between all the late nights and which which band is this the sickest and watch that one. 
You want to know what's funny is, do you know the the Spanish rock band Mana? Yeah. Those fools played the same stage that you guys played. They, they played on Kimmel? Yeah, on that same stage. That's crazy. Yeah. How did they fit on there? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> a friend of mine is, <laughs> is on their road crew, and I've always actually wanted and I, and I always forget to ask him when I run into him. And I wanted to ask him, like, how did you guys get everything on there? Because, I mean, Alex has a giant kit. Yeah. And that stage is not big. Um, and then they have, I think they run, like, three stacks live. That's nuts. In, in general. So that's why I was like, how did you guys get everything up there? But they yeah, did. Because they're a huge band. They have the drummer yeah. and then they have percussion. Yes. So, I mean, it's. That and, takes up half the stage. On its <laughs> and, own. They, and they fit it all up there. And then what they did is they didn't play just one song. They went through like a greatest hits thing for like that window that they give you. What is it, like 15 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they just recorded that and then they edited it to make it work for like what they showed. That's sick. In that room though. Like in that tiny ass, well, it's not small. The room, the full room itself is, mm-hmm. is a good size room, but the stage is tiny. Yeah, because I could see them playing outside, but sometimes they, they don't let you. I mean, no. we, we wanted to play outside, but they had Bad Boys premiere or whatever and Jaden Smith's walking around. So they're like, oh, we can't have noise. It's because he was busy giving everyone free water. <laughs> you know what? I respect that he's doing that, though. I like that he's using his platform for something. Yeah, the the kids seem to be pretty good with um like I know like Willow does a lot of stuff for like up and coming artists, which is really cool. She doesn't have to do that, but she's she's a fan of music, so she helps out other people. I uh I don't really uh know any of Jaden's music, but the one thing that I do know is that he's trying to like, you know, he's using the platform for good, which is dope. Like that's dope mm-hmm. to see, you know, but it's uh it just sucks that you guys can play outside to get that off the bucket list. <laughs> That, I mean, that would have been dope. I mean, because the uh, the thing that I like to uh, that I've always enjoyed about Alejandro's performance as well with you guys is you you go out and you leave it all out there. And unfortunately, I do feel like a lot of bands don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because the whole reason we all got into this, you know, was because we wanted to have fun and, like you said, go out and play shows with homies, make homies, and you know, just and if we get paid for it, sick. And even if we yeah. don't, then if we had to spend 50 bucks in gas to get there and then 50 bucks in gas to get home, but we still had a good time. Fuck it. I mean, people spend more than 50 bucks to go out to a bar and get shit face. And they said they had fun. I mean, I'd rather be up on the stage and lose 50 bucks driving <laughs> to a gig and have more fun than that, you know? Well, and, and it's, uh, it's good to hear though, that you guys are having fun because if you're not having fun, in my opinion, then like what, it, what's it for? Yeah. Um, but it, you know what, what makes me super happy to hear though, is that you don't feel like you're working and that's how, you know, in my opinion, that you've made it. Yeah, I mean, it, everyone's like, I mean, it's, it's hard even with just family or even friends that you grew up with to not get in an argument, but to be stuck with like, I think it was like 13 people on a bus for like a month and a half and to not even have one argument between anyone is insane yeah i can't think of a tour let me think here i cannot think of one tour without an argument with anyone that i've ever been out with yeah like even like the, with the whole crew like like our group chat's still going off to this day from that tour same crew which is how it should be yeah and straight up which is how it should be and you know what like i said if to me that's how you know you've made it if you're fucking 
you know, not feeling like you're at work all day, every day, because, you know, you're just out there having the dopest time clowning on people in lines. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's the best thing. Now, as you know, obviously we're, we live in a super weird time. We were, everything is, you know, for lack of a better term, shut down. Um, I know you guys were getting ready to go to Europe literally a few days before all this shit kind of like shut down. How, uh, how's the, uh, the, you know, kind of how was that, you know, the, I guess the morale of everyone. And I know you guys just announced your rescheduled dates. Um, you know, do you think that they're going to happen or is it one of those where it's just, you kind of have to take it hour by hour like everyone else? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get my hopes up for anything, but hopefully it all dies down and we could play a couple festivals, maybe late fall and then do those shows in December. But yeah, I mean, if, if this would have hit a week later, we would have been stuck in, in the UK. So, um, I mean, it sucks that it happened, but it's good that it happened when it happened. We didn't have to get stuck or quarantined for a couple weeks at a time going back and forth. Um, but we'll see. They say fall next year, but hopefully something happens. And, and when everything gets back up and going, hopefully people aren't scared to go out to the shows, but everyone's got to stay safe. I mean, it goes away. You still want to go out and wear your mask or gloves and take precautions. It's a, it's like, I had said this in the last episode, it still blows my mind that this only started a month ago, but it literally feels like it's been like six months. Yeah. Like that <laughs> meme. It's like, it's, um, it was going on in, in March, but it's like today's March 97th. And <laughs> yeah. that's how it felt. This is just the longest month ever. And, and I'm sure for you guys too, like where, where it's a little, and I'm, you know, to be honest, I, I do think it's kind of a cool time for artists to, uh, to put out content because, you know, right now everyone's hanging out at home, you know, they're, they're doing their part, which is super rad here, but there's artists that are dropping content. And I know you guys dropped that video um, a couple weeks ago obviously you didn't film it like a couple weeks ago uh, so it's just kind of coincidental that you just dropped it but um but as far as like the reception to like new stuff newish I guess art uh, do you have anything in line for your other projects as well or is it only just kind of like scary pool party right now well leading up to this whole thing happening um, wires my band with um, max we were we have songs done for our EP and we were going to get ready to go into the studio and record it. Um, but with all this happening, we couldn't afford it. And same goes with my other band, Mother Mosaic. We have all these songs done. We did pre-pro for everything. Um, so we have demos done. Um, so we're, I think we just need to finish some vocals on a couple of the demos. And I was thinking about maybe sending them out. I think right now might be a good time since labels and people don't have a whole lot going on they can actually sit down and listen to it rather than oh, I'll check it out later and forget about it. it gets buried in their emails i was really hoping you were going to say that you were going to finally explore your soundcloud rapper career <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to hear that <laughs> i can just <laughs> i can just i imagine. can barely say i could like right now i'm already fucking up like i barely speak a sentence like with proper like proper pronunciation and all that so like me rapping is just gonna be bad it's gonna be me punching in every word into into logic and auto-tuning everything so it sounds like garbage oh you should make a record like that 
people might like it. Actually. Yeah, I was going to say, is you should make a record like that, and I bet you that shit would go quadruple Mercury. Like, there's no way that it wouldn't. There's no way that it wouldn't. Like, like every, every word just overlaps over the other one. Yes. They punch in each one individually. And yes. Two different tracks, and not even EQ'd the same. <laughs> and then what you should just just do it over like a Mexican song like backing track just because just because all I gotta do is um, on Saturday put a microphone out in my backyard every time my, my neighbors have a party so I'll just loop that see and then if and if and if anyone gets pissed just be like listen I recorded this because motherfuckers won't stay home if these fucking people wouldn't stay home. Well, no, they, they all live there. It's like a family of 18. <laughs> the old school Latinos, they just, they all have to live in one place to afford a $7,000 a month rent bill. <laughs> well, they, they got a lot of property. It's not like they're all crammed into a small space. They, they got a lot of space back there. They're, they're practicing social distancing in their house. Yeah. Dude, it's so weird though, because like, like it's, I've not seen the industry ever just shut down and and that, that, I mean, that's the part I'm st- like, it doesn't like, obviously, you know, Vegas shutting down. That still doesn't make sense to me um, because that's the kind of shit that you only see like in movies. Right. Mm-hmm. But literally it's all shut down. But, uh, but it's crazy to think that like, like you were saying earlier, you know, Hey, I, I'm going to go to a show. Obviously it's not there anymore, but I'm going to go to a show at Aladdin junior or I'm going to go to a show at glass house. Cause there's a show tonight. And now none of us can do that. Yeah. Like, I would know every weekend there's there's going to be a show in Pomona and I would go just, all right, if there's a cool band, sick. But if not, I'm going to hang out with some homies. I yeah. can't do that. Is it a, has like the process of, of being stuck at home, is it at least forcing you? And I'm curious of this just because it, it's kind of forcing me to as well. But I was just kind of curious as another musician, is it forcing you to pick up the guitar more aside from, I know you do guitar lessons, but aside from that, is it forcing you to kind of just, explore those creative juices a little bit um not so much playing guitar but learning more um like and like the production side like really diving in because i use logic pro i'm really diving into that trying to learn a lot more and get better on that side of things um and then i've had a couple homies that are producers hit me up to send like guitar parts um but i mean i was i was talking to my buddy about this the other day like practice and and learning everyone wants to do it but it's really a chore to like at this point like pick it up and practice for a couple hours at a time and try and get better um it's it sounds better than actually doing it so you are working on your soundcloud rapper career then you lied to me (laughs) i'm i'm trying to learn so so i can make it sound as shitty as possible (laughs) with you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you should make your rap name be like an homage to obviously for those that don't know you're a you're an angels fan so have it be like an homage to like your favorite like angels player be like oh what's your rap name mike trout tory hunter <laughs> just like some shit like that just to you know to to just kind of you know give the homage to the los angeles angels of anaheim of orange county <laughs> the worst name ever Dog. but but shout out to tory hunter sharing my story today oh he shared it yeah, he shared it. Dude, T-Nuts is one of the best dudes. He's one of the best dudes. Like, you could just tell he's one of those dudes that had fun every moment that he's on the field. The thing about Tori that, that's dope is uh, he's low-key one of the funniest people ever. 
he looks like a fun guy to be around, like always yeah. joking, messing around. But he also is uh he's a, he's a clubhouse general. Like he's the guy that uh that the clubhouse kind of relies on. Um that everyone kind of every team has, you know. And the thing that I like about Tory is he never not played the game at a thousand percent. And he's kind of like pushed that onto his kids, even though obviously his one kid doesn't play baseball. But um, you know, he kind of instilled the same mentality of like don't ever take a playoff. And uh but the thing that I like about Tori, like I said, is he just he doesn't take himself serious unless he absolutely has to. But uh, but he will put you in your place if you need it. And yeah, in baseball, true leader. Yeah, no, and, and in baseball, you fucking need that. Mm-hmm. But um, but he also has some of the nicest teeth that I've ever seen. <laughs> well, you're always seeing his teeth, so you, you probably notice the more he's always smiling. Yes, like ninety percent of the time. No, and and. And I and I love, uh, I mean, what what I just loved about that dude is just how, uh, just how not serious he takes himself, and that's how it should be, because I think unfortunately now in baseball or in any sport really, too many guys are concerned about their brand. Mm-hmm. They're, oh, I need to do this to to keep whatever happy, and that's one of the things I like about even Mike Trout. Mike Trout just goes out there and does his thing, but he's hilarious. He's a hilarious guy, um, or even like a Jared Weaver. Like that dude was one of the funniest dudes ever, and that dude talks so much shit, and he still does on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, but just one of the best dudes ever, just to to just to be around because he didn't take himself serious at all. Yeah, one of my favorite videos is when Jared Weaver gets pissed when he's in the interview. And <laughs> have you seen that one? Yeah. And then just recently, Trout came out and said that that was him. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, he he lo- he looked like he was about to murder somebody, but it was the funniest thing. Weave uh, is is an intense dude, um, but the thing that I've always liked about Weave is he backs his guys up. Um, I had this conversation the other day with a friend of mine, uh, Jeff Mathis, who's one of the funniest people ever, and uh, he he is athletically gifted, but he he should be one of the considered one of the best catchers ever because of his defense. He's one of the mm-hmm. best defensive catchers ever, and the one thing that like everyone shits on him for is for hitting right um but on twitter it might have been like two weeks ago now we was a uh, was defending the shit out of, of mathis just being like yo this is one of the best dudes to ever do it and, and he is he's one of the best one of the best defensive catchers to ever do it and no one appreciates it and it just i mean the bummer obviously is his offensive production isn't there but i think this that's the thing i hate about sabermetrics is it takes away the importance of defense in some cases um, you know, because everyone's looking at your war, everyone's looking at your LPS, you know, and, and it's like, I mean, that's cool that you have a 12 war, but can you fucking catch the ball? Yeah. Like, can it, you it stop kinda, the ball? It, it kind of tells you something when, when you have your, your ace pitcher on the mound and he requests to have the, the backup catcher over yeah. the starter. Yeah. Um, I mean, he might not drive in a home run. He might not be Gary Sanchez, but you're going to pitch better because he's behind the plate. It's the perfect example. Clayton Kershaw's uh, pitcher for many years was A.J. Ellis. Mm-hmm. A.J. is not the fastest guy in the world. He doesn't have the best bat. He's not going to, like you said, he's not going to get you that bomb. But is he going to frame the shit out of the zone for you and make you feel comfortable when you're throwing a ball? Absolutely. Absolutely. And same, you know, uh, I always want to call him the nickname that we called him, Beaver. But uh, Mathis will... Uh, Mathis, uh, even in, in the minors, 
there was a lot of guys that wanted to throw to him because he um he he was he was the guy that everyone felt comfortable with if you're that ace pitcher or whatever and the thing is with weaver is if you ever watch him from behind the plate he's got a, a, an odd delivery on purpose to deceive the pit the the hitter and it's also hard to catch that because even though you know what's coming you actually can't see the release point and that's what made him so good obviously he was just you know ravaged by injuries towards the end of his career but what made him good he wasn't the fittest guy in the world he wasn't the you know he didn't throw the fastest you know fastball even towards the end of his career he was hitting 91 92 but he still had that deception and he still had that movement and if you don't know how to catch that it doesn't matter what your war is if you can't catch that then you just can't catch that mm-hmm. so i mean that's why i think dudes shit on mathis so much and it, which is garbage because he's not that sexy catcher kind of like you were saying like gary sanchez yeah, because every everyone wants to see home runs and offense, but you also don't want to see your your pitcher suck. And if someone's not framing behind the plate, stealing you those couple strikes that are borderline, then you're just gonna put it on the on the pitcher. Oh yeah, and then unjustifiably so, you're gonna put it on the pitcher. Yeah, because if that dude is, you know, it's kind of like Mike Napoli. Mike Napoli's a good dude. You know, and obviously he, he got a lot of shit because he some people didn't think he was a good catcher. I, I thought he was a good catcher. But I just think a part of it is just injuries, you know, and your body can only take so much being a catcher. And he had a good glove. Obviously, that's why he played first. But, um, but you know, the thing with him is he was always the, you know, the the marquee catcher ahead of Mathis. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think that's anyone's fault. You know, it's just Knapp was a little better offensively uh, than, than, than Matty. But it's it's one of those where that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles. But like you said earlier, Weave would ask to pitch to him. That was your ace. That's the yeah, dude that, that asked. That should tell you a lot about a person if your ace is is picking the backup catcher. And the thing that I liked about Matt about how, how Mathis pitch or catches, he doesn't try to reinvent the wheel with catching. Uh, if you look now, like a lot of catchers are wanting to look like they're more athletic as a catcher. And, I mean, that's cool and all. You know, it's cool that you're athletic back there and moving around. But, I mean, if you're not trying to reinvent the wheel and keeping it simple, then it's going to make it easier for your pitcher to not get, obviously, distracted. But it's not going to, you know, it's not going to distract your pitcher. It's not going to do anything like that. It's going to let them focus on what they need to do, which is hit their spot. Mm -hmm. And there's so many guys that just want to show how flexible they are or how, like, sit in these weird positions. And, like, I like – well, I like Gary Sanchez as a player. Um I'm not a huge fan of some of his antics of shit, like the whole Detroit Tigers thing. Like when they when yeah. they got into that fight, that was garbage. Um, but you can't deny that he's good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, he he kind of does the same thing. He tries to keep it simple, and tries his best to not have that you know appearance of trying to be like the most flexible catcher ever. I've never understood that, but you know, to each their own. But that's why I think Mathis is so underrated. That he's. I mean, if you look at his stats, if for all those sabermetricians. Uh, that are obsessed with it. If you look at those stats, you can't deny that he's one of the best defensive catchers ever. You can't. And he's still doing it now. Like even now, like he's not made, you know, that crazy baseball money, but he's still made money doing, you know, the thing that everyone wishes they had, which is a fucking good catcher. Yeah. That's why I don't get why the Dodgers traded AJ Ellis. Uh, I don't get that still. I mean, you know, he was towards the end of, you know, he's, he's getting older but I still don't get why you would want to get rid of the comfort, you know, like the blanket that Clayton Kershaw had, which is pitching to your guy in, you know, the postseason. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, it, it is what it is and they moved on and they try to do the thing. 
but uh but along with uh the postseason i i did want to ask you this because you guys are in the same division how do you feel about the astros so so i i was actually a big fan of, of some of their players like altuve springer bregman like who this man dude like now it's just like dude i don't even know how good you would have been if you weren't on that team playing on a real team not knowing what's coming i mean if if you look at altuve's home and away splits it's nine day you could tell obviously something was going on yeah and um i'm sure they're not the only team that was doing that or something similar um because i mean it's technology i mean anyone could think up that idea easily like oh if we could just see the signs and relay them somehow uh, i'm sure someone has thought of that idea or they did something along those lines but afterwards getting caught and not manning up or like even apologizing like keichel and other players that aren't even on the team anymore that were pitchers apologizing before the actual players that were cheating that's messed up i uh i'm not a fan of some of the things that Mike Fires has been accused of. And I say that allegedly because obviously we, you know, it's alleged at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Not going to condone anything he did either. Cause I mean, it's like, if that was my daughter, I'd be pissed. But um, I do respect that he came out about it, how he did and blew the whistle on it. And, you know, and, and I don't like how some people are saying, Oh, well, he's just doing it to save, you know, the skin off his nose and blah, blah, blah. It's like, he's not there anymore. So he doesn't have to, you know, see those guys every single day and be in that awkward clubhouse. Yeah. Like a lot of people are hating on him. Like, Oh, you should have said something while you were there. Like, Oh yeah. Let let me go in front of all my teammates and put them on blast. Yeah. Like, no, you're not going to do that. Until you've actually like been in a baseball clubhouse, there's no environment like it, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, there is no environment like it. There's also no other sport like it. I, you know, working in baseball, you know, I, I never expected to make friends with baseball players and hang out with them, text with them, whatever, you know, after, you know, the games, after the season, you know, now that I'm around in the game, I never expected that sort of shit, right? To this day, you know, they all look at it as a fraternity, but there's also a sense of loyalty that's expected that we're not going to talk about certain things. And one of those things is if you're doing some shit like that, you're not going to talk about it. it it's mm-hmm. bad it's bad juju for you as a, as a person, but it's also bad juju for you and the team because you're, you spend more time with those guys than you do with your own family. And for anyone to sit there and say that they would have spoke up while they were still on the same team. uh, Yeah, it's garbage. Like it's, that's not how it works. And I do respect fires for, for doing that. But I also don't think that people should, if, if fires were to have an at bat, I heard someone say that they were going to throw at him. It's like, for what? For blowing the whistle? Yeah. Like, the, like for me, you know, if the Astros were to throw fires, that's even that just shows how garbage they are. Because, like you said, the night and day or the the home and away splits are night and day for some of these guys, and they're already really good. That's a good team. Alex Bregman's a bad dude. Yeah. Am I pissed about him because of Game Seven? Yeah, fuck him. But I mean, <laughs> that's as a fan. But uh. But, you know, I mean, they, the, the one thing that a lot of people don't take into account is how it broke some of these guys. You Darvish is not the same guy anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Clayton people Kirsch- lost their careers over this. 
Mike Bolsinger felt defeated. Yeah. Um, you know, Clayton Kershaw uh, did no longer appear to be immortal. Dude, that, that is the craziest stat. Um, I forget which game it was against them, but Kershaw threw X amount of curveballs and didn't get one swing and miss. It was in game six. In game fucking six of the World Series. Like, I get it. Curveball throwers ever. of all time. In my opinion, it's better than Sandy's. And for you to sit there and, like you said, not swing at it once, because that curveball doesn't look like a curveball when it leaves his hand. It doesn't. Anyone that's ever watched a baseball game or has played for sure knows that that's not what it looks like. It looks like it's coming out like almost like a fastball. But the, from the angle that he's like dropping it in at. Mm-hmm. But for you literally to know that every single time, every single time. And you mean to tell me you want me to sit here and believe that, that uh, <laughs> from I mean I, I knew that there the sign sign stealing is a thing. It's always happened. It's always been a thing, right? So in the middle of games, you'll change your signs. That wasn't just sign stealing. And and I know that they knew that, but they also I don't think no one until now knew how bad it was until now. You think they had the buzzers? I, a part of me thinks they did. Um. You know, having played baseball, you know, having um, been around, you know, how competitive these guys are, especially at that level. If you hit a bomb to get your team into the World Series and you don't let them strip you naked on the field because it's a walk-off bomb, that that's a red flag. Yeah. You're like, he didn't even look excited that he did nope. it. He was nope. already holding nope. on to his jersey. The shitty tattoo thing, I don't believe. Because um, there's a lot of shitty tattoos in the world. There is. At the same time, like if my wife asked me, you know, if I've hit enough walk-off bombs to not let my teammates rip my shirt off, cool, I'll tell my teammates. But are my teammates going to stop that when I just hit a walk-off bomb no. to get my team into the World Series? No, it's not going to stop. So um, I, 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 a part of me thinks that there is something nefarious there. Can you prove it? No, but, you know, for me, I, you know, if Alex Cora is the ringleader, which it's come out that it is, um, I, I would, I would motion for a lifetime ban. Um, and I don't say that lightly because I don't think lifetime bans are something that you should play with. Um, but I mean, he, not only did he do it with the Astros, he did it with the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for, for you're a repeat offender at that point. Yeah. And I have heard, you know, through the grapevine that that is something that they're discussing is a lifetime ban. Um, I'm actually surprised that they haven't given him his, whatever his punishment is yet. Um, because regardless of what happens with the lack of baseball right now, it, uh, it's still, it's, I mean, it's still going to, you know, do the thing. I'm not happy though, that if, you know, they go back to, you know, they're going to do the service time thing that Alex Hinch and all those guys that got, that did get suspensions would have served their time. Yeah. That they didn't get punished at all at this point. No, I actually don't feel like the Astros were punished at all. No, they weren't. I I feel like Manfred dropped the ball huge on not vacating that title. Not not only that, like how are you not going to punish one player? Yeah. That, and, and obviously they haven't laid out how, um, how many, how many players I guess were involved? But at the end of the day, having been in a clubhouse, 
everyone knew. And anyone says that they didn't know what was going on, I, I don't believe that. I don't. I, I mean, I was in baseball during the steroid era. I knew who was juicing. And, you know, to a certain degree, it came to fruition when the Mitchell report came out and it proved what we already knew. Mm-hmm. The only difference is, is no one talked about it. And that's and they, for them to give all the players immunity to get them to talk, I thought was garbage. Because at that point, you're not just cheating to win a game. Now, if you're doing that for a game or two, you're not to say that it's not as bad. It's still bad, but it's one thing. But when you're doing it in the World Series to, to obviously, you know, do what you did, to me, that it, that's even more nefarious. And for me, the huge, huge thing, if you watch the videos of, uh, you know, the, the video coordinator, obviously now in the game, video coordination is a big thing, right? For them, when you see the shots of when they're coming up the tunnel and the video coordinator stuff is there, and then when they're, you know, after the game, and then you see them pack up so quickly, why are they packing up so quickly? Yeah, why, isn't why? that stuff going to be there again tomorrow? Exactly. Yeah. Why are they packing up so quickly? Um, because I mean, the thing is, is, is if it's your, there's things like that that just don't add up. They don't. And for, you know, some players to say that they didn't know what was going on. I don't believe that. I I don't. Cause you know, I mean, everyone talks in the clubhouse, even if you're not necessarily a part of it, quote unquote, you know, it's bullshit because players on other teams knew. Oh yeah. I mean, there've been rumblings. They they gave the, the, the nationals a heads up, like, yeah. Hey, like these fools are cheating. Like, watch your signs. And and you know, and I'm glad that the Nationals went about it the way they did. Um, they changed from what I've heard. They've changed this their signs multiple times a game, multiple times. Um, which, as a pitcher, that's just added pressure, right? It's just added extra pressure. Because the thing is, for me, is what's absolute garbage is Bregman, Springer, Correa, Altuve. They're all really good. They're all really good, and they don't need an additional advantage. Now I have to question at least the last couple of years, if they're as good as they, they, yeah. they appear to be, you know, to me, this is, is, it's kind of a hot take, but I think this is worse than steroids because steroids. Yeah. They're going to make you stronger. Yeah. You might hit some home runs, right? Because the one thing that people forget is steroids aren't going to necessarily make you a thousand times the better player because you still have to hit the ball. You still have to pitch the ball and you still have to hit your spot. If you know what's coming, regardless of what's going on, and you know how to hit that ball already, that, that's beyond an unfair advantage. Yeah, it's the, the hardest thing to do in, in all the sports is to hit a, a fastball. But yeah. then you, you add that deception of where the ball is going and what speed it's coming. That's what makes it super hard. But if you know every time, it's just huge. Imagine any other player like Mike Trout or um, – Arenado. Imagine like they, they, they know exactly. He he's hitting over a hundred home runs a season. Do I think point. that Bonds was juicing? Yes, I do. For sure. Do I think that Bonds was a really good player even with without the roids? Absolutely, one of the best outfielders to ever play. One of the best swings that I've ever seen. Anyone that's ever picked up a sand bat, I have a few here at the house. They're fucking heavy. They're the heaviest bats you can get. Mm-hmm. But uh. I have a bat that Troy Gloss used. That's a game-used bat, and it's a sand he bat. He used a heavy bat. He used a very heavy bat that, you know, that a big person would have to swing, right? But Gloss was a big guy, and obviously he got caught up in the stuff. And, you know, 
the strength is going to make it easier to swing that ball and do whatever. But does that necessarily make him more prone to know what's coming and crush it? No. No. But imagine if a guy like that knew what was coming every pitch and what, what his stats would be. Because Gloss, steroids or not, dude was a good player. Dude was a great player. But if you throw in that extra element of like, oh, I knew what was coming, it's not even fair. I, I do think, I, I, I don't, I'm also not a fan of how Astro's ownership has gone about this shit. Um, how they're basically saying it's not, there's nothing wrong. Like, yeah, you know, they're acting like it's no big deal. Yeah. Like that, that to me is garbage. That, that's the absolute like, biggest piece of garbage. If, if your ownership is, you're basically your ownership is condoning what you did as a team. And, and for him, I think him saying that he didn't know what was going on is also bullshit. I, uh, I mean, that part of it, to a certain degree, I do believe, because ownership doesn't necessarily mingle with players. Uh, there is their owners that are in clubhouses and, in, you know, and immerse themselves in the culture. For sure. George Steinbrenner is one of those dudes that comes to mind. Um, I, I, I'm not, I, I would not be surprised if he actually didn't know what was going on. However, for the GM and the assistant GM and all those guys, to act like they didn't know what was going on, that's what I find is garbage because GMs are in and out of the clubhouse every day. They are. Um, you know, they, they know what's going on. They know what's coming. They obviously have to deal with the day in, day out of the baseball side. So for those guys to pretend like it wasn't a thing, is that's where I have a hard time believing that. Yeah, I just think if you really didn't know and you're hearing about this, your reaction is going to be way different than what we got. And I also think that AJ Hinch's interview was kind of bush league. I know, like I he dodged I, that that yeah, question hard, hard. Um, I, I I feel like I feel like he the way that he went about it too, just kind of it's just you know for a guy that talks about how much he respects the game and and you know the 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 the, the, the game policing itself. Um, I thought it was kind of arrogant of him to just dodge that. And then not expect there to be, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, pushback. Mm -hmm. There was yeah. always going to be pushback. It, you you got to say yes or no. Right. Did this happen? Straight up. Straight up. You can't Bill Clinton this shit. I did not have yeah. sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> you, you can't do that. Because, I mean, the thing is, like you said, it's all on video now. Mm -hmm. the, the fact that fans were able so quickly to find all that stuff. And then John Boy, to his credit, John Boy broke it all down. And I, I respect the shit out of him for him doing that. And then, you know, obviously he's a Yankees apologist, so I'm sure there's even more, you know, more drive. But, but even he said, you know, the more that we started looking at this, the more we found. And that's, yeah, well, I mean, well, that how the, is... The pitchers already knew, and they had, yeah. they had told MLB. So MLB knew about it for years and they never did anything. And, and, and that to me is, is another, like the, the point that I was going to get to next is for Rob Manfred to sit up there and say that he's punished them enough. Garbage, garbage, like dog. Yeah, like Manfred if you needs to go, I, and I agree with that. I, I'm not one forever calling a commissioner out for shit. I'm not actually a huge fan about how Bud Seeley handled the steroid era. Um, but I know he's also dealing with, Basically, allegations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Mitchell report found what it found, but it, it, 
did you have any hard proof? And and I have not ever heard of of David Ortiz testing positive. There's always been like rampant things that said that he did test positive. I've never heard. I've I've never heard anyone confirm that. And what I mean by that is in the the non volunteer shit. Yeah. Um. You know, and there's a lot of other guys that that fall into that into that realm. Um, but and Bud was was in a in a way precarious position. This one's not precarious. This one is literally, hey, uh, we caught the Astros cheating and they won the World Series cheating. I mean, what have we always taught kids when they play? If you get caught cheating, yeah, you're caught up and it's a wrap. To me, it blows my mind that they don't want to do it at this level. And I, and I honestly don't get why they don't want to. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to not have them vacate the title. Like, what what do they lose by having them vacate the title? They they lose a ring. Right. That's but it. what does MLB lose, though? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Like, what, is there going to be a... Is there going to be a tarnish, maybe? Yeah, for sure. But I would rather have the tarnish be on one franchise... For, the, for how the long? whole league. Then the whole league. Yeah. Exactly. Because now, that you know, I mean, like the Black Sox, right? They got caught up and what happened? They were all fucking blacked out. They're black, they're, they're blacklisted. Shoeless Joe Jackson is never going to get into the fucking Hall of Fame because of that, right? So, I mean, it's, you know, the, the, the game itself, I feel like, has taken a step back because of how this has gone about. Um. You know, he's, you know, like Shoeless Joe Jackson's one of the, you know, the, the, the best to do it or what have you, you know, during that time. Um, you know, but for, for, for those guys, and I mean, granted, this is now a hundred years ago. So even a hundred years ago, you know, the Black Sox scandal was a, a huge thing and, and they were accused of taking money, um, you know, to throw the series. Yeah. That, obviously that's bad. This is just as bad. The only difference is no one's giving, you know, some third parties not giving them money. They're literally stealing the series. That's why I don't, that's the one thing that I don't understand out of all of this is why MLB is so reluctant to do anything. I don't get it. I I think maybe Manfred thought it wasn't going to, like he wasn't going to find as much as he did. So he offered the immunity just to get it over with. And then it just snowballed. Well, and if obviously if if they didn't think they were going to find anything, then they didn't do their due diligence. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that, and that is just shows kind of how reckless they went about this. I guess, um, you know, they it, the whole thing sucks because now, you know, for me, what they should have done is they should have suspended a bunch of those players, the ones that they know were were a hundred percent in on on whatever and not even a hundred percent if you had any involvement in any way suspend them fucking yeah, suspend them. i mean the the players got away with it but the the team is going to struggle because they lost draft picks and international pool money managers got suspended but the players they're they're over there just laughing like yeah oh, well so given all that shit how if there is baseball this year and i say if because i don't think there's going to be baseball and i feel absolutely weird saying that for the first time in my life and it's also not a stoppage because of like a lockout or anything 
Literally, it's something that none of us can control. So based on that, if there is a season, and if it ends up being this kind of, I don't want to say hodgepodge, but if it ends up being like this spring training sort of league. Um, and again, I also think if they do do a season, <laughs> I said do-do, if they end up doing a season, um, I, I do think that there's going to be some players that are going to hold out because of the safety of what's going on, right? Um, if that ends up being the case, the Angels still are uh, are, are they're kind of in a rebuild, but they, they have some quality pieces. Mm-hmm. How uh, you as an Angels fan? How uh, how do you feel about your team? Well, um, the only good thing that this delay, if if we do have ball, is going to be a delay. Right. Um, I mean, Otani is going to be ready to go once the season starts. Canning is going to be ready to go once the season starts. So we'll have a healthy team. Um, but the Astros did kind of get a little worse. Plus, who knows how this whole thing is going to affect them on the field. We're not going to play the Astros now because they're going to be in Grapefruit. Grapefruit, yeah. So we're going to be playing tougher teams. We're going to be playing the Dodgers. We're going to be playing um, – White Sox. Yeah, or, White or, Sox are going to be a great team. Mm-hmm. Um, so – the Padres instead of Padres and it's a, yeah and instead of us only having to really deal with the A's and Astros now we're going to have to deal with the A's along with a bunch of other teams um so it's going to be tougher and I'm going to be bummed not being able to go to Angel Stadium on their opening day and see a bunch of Dodger fans freaking trash talk the Astros <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I I still think even if there isn't baseball this year, or even if there is baseball, if they still just have a, a cactus league, right? The cactus league, great for living. I I don't think it's going to change um, people throwing at the Astros. No, but but I want to see it. I want to be there. Oh no, and I, I I'm all about that. But I think it's going to carry over into next year. Because <laughs> oh, like yeah, I said, for sure. Like I said, I don't think there's a lot. I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams that 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 are pissed with the Astros, the Yankees. There's just going to be a lot of pitchers individually, whether or not they're on the same team as they were before that they remember or they know a game specifically where they cheated against them and yeah. they're going to be pissed. Yeah, they're just going to be pissed. And I mean, like, the, the Cactus League is the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, the White Sox, the Reds, the Indians, the Rockies, the Royals, the Angels, the Dodgers, the Brewers, the Athletics, the Padres, the Giants, the Mariners, the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's uh, still, you know, it's still pretty good, pretty good, uh, list of opponents that you're going to have to go through to kind of test your team. But again, I, I, I'm super hesitant to say that there will be baseball because, you know, we, we don't know how this weird, this, and I can't believe we're saying this, like it's happening right now, this weird time uh, that we're living in is happening. Cause I mean, just like we talked about earlier, we don't even know if there's going to be shows soon. Yeah let alone fucking baseball. It's, it's a weird time. Like, like there's no, there's no other way to put it, but I'm glad that we got to take some time to to talk about some shit that isn't related to what's going on outside of our respective homes. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a weird time, but most importantly, it's a dope time to catch up. Um, if anyone wants to check any of the stuff that you're doing, uh, where should they look you up at? 
Um, you could go to my Instagram it's at Travis the Couch. Um, also, go follow Scary Pool Party. It's my boy Alejandro, um, as well as Max, who I play in a, a band with. His Instagram's at mxdz. Um, I play in a band called Wires with him. So um, if you go to my Instagram, I have Scary Pool Party, Wires, and my other band, Mother Mosaic, all in my bio. Um, we got a couple EPs and albums out on there. Um, go listen to uh, Alejandro's debut album, which is amazing. Um, he's just a, a musical genius, and he's going to have a lot more stuff coming out later, I'm sure. Dope. Well, uh, I hope that you we all get back to going out to shows sooner rather than later. Um, and if and the one thing I do recommend is if uh, you have a free moment, which I would hope a lot of us do, um, go to YouTube and look up Scary Pool Party Live. I think it's one of the dopest shows that I've seen in a minute. And it was cool. That light show you guys had was dope, by the way. Um, it was super simple, but super dope at the same time. Yeah, it was sick. Also very bright. I wasn't expecting it to be that bright, <laughs> but it, it, you know what? It did the job. Um, but uh, please, if you, if you have a free moment, go check out Scary Pool Party. Uh, they, these guys make dope music. They play dope music. Go check out their, uh, their performance on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, Millennial Love is the single that, they've, uh, that they dropped. It's a great song. It's a dope song. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Alejandro played a rendition of it on American Idol. It's just a little different with how he recorded it. Yeah. But, uh, but it's dope. I, if you like, you know, the Nine Inch Nails of the World, if you like, you know, um, a new, new World Order or New Order, uh, you know, even j just that, that sort of like new wave stuff, you're going to dig Scary Pool Party. It's Twin Shadow, shit like that. And obviously Alejandro, if you don't know, he played with Twin Shadow. But, um, but you know, it's, it's, it's dope shit. So please go check it out. Please uh, also go check out Travi. And again, Travi, thank you for, for making some time. Stay safe, stay healthy, and go Dodgers. Yeah, anytime, man. Go Angels. Oh, you got to end it like that. <laughs> go, go L.A. How's that? <laughs> go, go Los Angeles, Angels of Anaheim, and Orange County. <laughs> Thanks again, dog. Thanks, man. Big, huge thank you to Travis Couch from Scary Pool Party for joining Again, please, anything that he, uh, that he plugged there, go check it out. Go follow. If you haven't, go check out Scary Pool Party. They're, they're just a rad, rad, uh, rad band. Obviously, it's Alejandro's band, but it, you know he makes a point to make them all feel like they're a part of the, uh, the band. As always, thank you again for the support. I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm having fun doing this again, so let's, let's keep it going. Uh, so please, stay healthy, stay up. Uh, check on check on each other take care of each other and uh, most importantly be good to each other it's a weird time so let's all let's all we're all in this together it's a team thing right thanks again again uh, thank you again jeez for the support and uh, I'll catch you down the road <laughs>